Hello and welcome on The Barricades. This is a podcast produced by Eastern European journalists and academics. My name is Maria Cernat. I am an academic based in Bucharest, Romania. Unfortunately, the co-host of the show, Boyan Stanislavski, was not able to make it today, but we have a special guest and she is Maria Ananieva. She specializes in propaganda. She currently resides in Russia and she has very interesting points of view with regards to what's happening right now especially in Russian media. She specializes, as I told you, in propaganda. She also teaches English. So, Maria, what are the main Russian channels and how is the media landscape organized? I know that here in Romania, we have two public stations that that means that they are financed by the government meaning that we have the public television and the public radio but i was very curious what is the media landscape in russia what is the state of, of of russia today is this a commercial media or is it a private public partnership what is the situation with the media in general in russia Okay. Hello, Maria. Thank you very much for introducing me to the public. And so now I would like to move on to the media landscape in Russia. First of all, um, like the, the idea that I would like to emphasize is that um, is related to the Russia Today channel. Like uh, a lot of people believe that if uh, Russia Today was created by Russia, then it means that it's supposed to be one of the basic sources of information in Russia. In fact, that's like that's far from being true because Russia Today was uh, created in order to Polish uh, the country's image abroad, first of all. So the target audience of this channel is foreigners and compatriots like, who currently live in different countries. I mean, uh, those countries that go beyond Russia's uh, territories. Uh, but in terms of the media landscape in Russia, I think that uh, there are channels that, uh, first of all, are, cons are considered to be uh, state-owned. Yeah, and um, like uh, it's uh, it's not a misconception to say that uh, first of all the, they are they are public, and that means that they are sponsored by the state. If we take a look at different <coughs> uh, at different uh, like uh, different surveys. And research in general, we will see that uh, in 2022, the most popular channels uh, were the following Channel One, Russia One, and NTV. So, in fact, these are the channels that um, mostly broadcast different types of news reports, news programs, and uh, political talk shows. Yeah, actually, especially... And are they commercial? Because in Romania, besides those two uh, financed by the state, the media channels, so the public uh, television and the public radio, we have, of course, commercial media. So I assume this is the case. What is the situation of these media channels? Are they publicly owned? Are they private? Is this the partnership? 
uh, I think that first of all they are publicly owned, and uh, just as as I have said, like mostly they are uh, sponsored by the state, which means that the state is uh, the key player that can uh, set the agenda and formulate the particular. Uh, particular agendas that are supposed to be promoted. Yes, and um, uh, especially like for, for our talk uh, yesterday, I as for me, like, yeah, I um, have, haven't watched TV for a long period of time. Yes, just uh, I'm not a fan of TV in comparison with uh, some Russians. But especially for our show, I took a look at the TV program uh, for today, for example, when, we, yeah, I have mentioned two, uh, no, sorry, not two, but three TV channels, Channel One, Russia One, and NTV. And if we take a look at their, uh, like, at the contents uh, themselves, we will see that they are predominated by different news reports and political talk shows. For example, news is supposed to be broadcast at 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock. Uh, and then there is a special program called Time. It's also a news program. It is aired at 9 o'clock in the evening. Then also, like since, uh, the, uh, since the Russian Federation launched its uh, special military operation in Ukraine, then some uh, particular programs have been launched uh, as well. For example, the so-called info channel, and according uh, according to the schedule, it is um, on air uh, four times a day. So you can imagine mm -hmm. those people who are we can't say that they're glued to their TV sets, but those people who are active uh, TV viewers um, may be shaped by these particular programs. The same story is true for Russia One. So as for the news programs, uh, you can watch them at 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 2 o'clock, half past 2, 4, 8, and 9 o'clock. Then there is a special uh, political program called 60 Minutes. You can watch it twice a day. And then there is a special talk show with Mr. Solovio, and I think that you know. He, he's considered to be, no, you don't know him. Yeah, in fact, he's, um, yeah, if we can uh, use this label, he's considered to be one of the mouthpieces of uh, the Russian state, or like in the bad sense of the word, he's a propagandist. So he spreads this uh, pro-war propaganda, and he has his own uh, TV show at um, um, 25 past 11, like mm -hmm. in, the, in the evening. Yeah, also there are some other programs on NTV, and uh, the point is that, uh, like, we have been living under such uh, circumstances, I think, since uh, last February, in fact. Yes, the, 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 but the, um, uh, have um, those channels changed their programs in the sense that there is more emphasis on news and political commentary and military commentary since the operation started? Or is it just a slight change? in content, focusing more on the uh, military and uh, political events? Um, that's a good question. And um, I would say that for all these years, 
uh, I think since 2014, when Russia kind of annexed Crimea, uh, then uh, these changes have become quite visible. Uh, I mean that, but like the striking evidence or the striking situation is visible right now. I mean, and it has become visible since February uh, the 24th. Uh, 2022. Just a lot of political TV show, shows have emerged and uh, just usually the uh, the idea that uh, they uh, convey is pretty the same. Yes, and uh, so unfortunately that's, that's true, but uh, according to some research uh, conducted by different posters, not only state-owned but also independent, the popularity of all these shows uh, dipped a bit in December 20, uh, 2022. So according to one of the companies called Mediascope, uh, the, uh, the Russians had just got tired of all these uh, information flows and uh, the program was uh, adjusted a bit to include more entertainment and fun. So kind of that. Understand, but tell me what are the other channels? Do you have commercial media and what are the social media, the most important social media that Russian use? I think there is one called Ve Contacte, if I'm not mistaken, and probably Telegram. What are the most important uh, ones? So the first question, do you have also important commercial media in terms of audience and viewership? And what are the most important social media channels? So, uh, as for uh, this overview of the media in Russia, of course, there are some commercial channels, but mostly they focus on some entertainment. Yes, when it comes to the key uh, channels that I have just mentioned, uh, Channel 1 and TV, uh, Russia 1, and then also TVC, then, of course, they are state-owned. As for uh, other channels, I would say that there, there can be a mixture of different partners. So it can be both public and private. Yeah. And um, in terms of uh, the social media that you have just mentioned, uh, yeah, the landscape has changed, uh, I would say that not even slightly, but dramatically since February 2022, just because some social media platforms have been blocked. Uh, in Russia, and now they are only accessible with a VPN. I mean, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes, these are the most evident examples. As for VK, you have mentioned this, so you have brought it up. It's like contacting yeah, VK, and um, I think something like groupmates or classmates in Russian, uh, this media is called Odnoklasniki. They have gained in popularity just because their purpose was to host all those people who couldn't use a VPN and to host all those users who uh, had to leave Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, and uh, again, according to a lot of studies, they have faced uh, uh, or they have witnessed, that would be better word, they have witnessed uh, an increase in, in the number of users. Yes, so that was the trend. Um, and uh, as for the media landscape in general, I think that would be quite reasonable to talk about the number of people who watch TV or who use social media. Yeah, like here, I would say that um, the the numbers are quite. I won't say that they are controversial, but still, we should take them with a pinch of salt. 
uh, I mean, yeah, like you can imagine that polling people in wartime is a very, um, I won't say that it's a risky affair, but it may be a very challenging task because people are quite afraid to, uh, or to yeah, speak their quite, mind. Mm -hmm. to speak their minds and to air their opinions uh, openly and that's why just uh, we should be careful while analyzing the results um, and the opinion polls um, just cited by different sources yeah and uh, just because certain issues can be made salient other uh, others may be buried and just um, the the sad fact is that war itself changes what people say to pollsters. But um, if we take a look at uh, again at a couple of sources, we will see the following picture: that in 2022, more people started watching political talk shows. Usually, they spent on average a Russian or a Russian citizen. Uh, spends 29 or 23 or 29 minutes watching such shows. And uh, it's not about news programs, it's about political talk shows. Yeah. Uh, then, as for 53,000 of people, then uh, they usually turn to TV and uh, other uh, like platforms, in our case, social media platforms, uh, while just 29% of people use only the internet. But I have just cited the results uh, produced by uh, the state, one of the state-owned opinion polling stations. Yes. So as for these 53 people, then... Um, as, 53% as, of the people... Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, 53%. As for these 53%, then, of course, they like they prefer kind of a hybrid regime. So sometimes, sometimes they watch TV, and in other cases, they turn to social media platforms uh, like a BK or no, uh, like groupmates or no classmate in Russian and uh, just te Telegram and uh, so on. Mm -hmm. Yes, and those people, of course, who are aged over uh, 60 and uh, older, uh, they are uh, big fans of TV, first of all. I think that's quite logical and that may be traced uh, or detected, this trend may be detected in different countries, not only in Russia itself. Yeah, so as you can see, just, uh, and yeah, and another important point is that this, uh, according again to this uh, survey uh, reports, just the media landscape and just the way uh, Russians uh, have consumed news, the, the way hasn't changed, hasn't changed the law since 20, since 2021. So they state that just uh, there are those who use both uh, TV and uh, social media, and then their number ha has not significantly changed since um, uh, 2021. But as for the popularity of some TV shows, then yes, of course, just some of them have become popular, some of them have lost their appeal. And tell me, out of the whole information you were able to analyze and you were exposed to, how much is criticism of the regime, like 5%, 10%, how many of those shows, how many of the whole information put forward by Russian channels, be it uh, publicly owned or private owned? I mean, are there any people providing at least some sort of criticism about what's going on right now in Russia or 
Are they just all saying that everything goes according to the plan, that everything is perfect, that uh, the best way forward is to follow what the Kremlin regime is saying and so on and so forth? Uh, again, that's a, a very good question, just because uh, it's, 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 frankly speaking, it's pretty difficult to answer it in, in a simple way. So there is no one clear-cut answer to this question. Of course, I can't say that just 100% uh, of talk shows um, are in favor of what is going on right now. Of course, we can hear some uh, voices or, uh, of those people who um, promote uh, particularly different viewpoints. But actually, uh, it is done usually in a pretty artificial way. What I mean by this is that uh, usually such talk shows uh, adopt the strategy that I uh, personally call a fake alternative. In other words, like you can imagine that um, political talk show usually like invites maybe six or seven people, something like that. The majority of them, of course, will air pro-Russian and pro-state opinions. But uh, some of them, like maybe one or two people, that depends on the situation, uh, will try to oppose the majority and like the idea that lies behind all these talk shows is not just to reach a particular consensus or to arrive at some i would say constructive conclusions but to demonstrate that the minority is not right and that the majority prevails over the minority yeah uh, that's the way most uh, talk shows political talk shows in russia um uh, is like is arranged so that's the way they are, they are orchestrated to create the illusion of dissent and though then those dissenting voices are uh, a strong and basically they are putting forward arguments that are not credible only in order for the wise majority to come and uh, say that they are wrong right uh, yeah, so here I would agree with you. So the purpose is to help, let's say, everyone to rally around the flag. Yeah. Um, as for think tanks, I mean, those uh, research centers that are supposed to produce some uh, unbiased uh, analysis, then of course there are some uh, opinions that um, may be quite uh, different from what the mainstream media or analysts are airing, but still they are um, expressed in a very tentative way. And even before the Russian invasion of Ukraine, some articles had emerged in uh, the, in like on the websites and in the media, just uh, advising Russia not to do this. But as we got it, just all the things were ignored. But uh, the most interesting thing is some is that sometimes these experts, some of the experts who are considered or who are, mm, kind of who portray themselves as real patriots, can express certain criticism towards the state. It's possible, and uh, that can be done in a very emotional way. But uh, again, then just... What do you mean uh, in an emotional way? They can uh, be straight... Yeah, yeah, so they may use some uh, like emotive, uh, emotive language, some, I won't say like um, bad comments or something like this, but they, these words and their behavior can be signals of the fact of the fact that they are not satisfied with what is going on. 
So how come? Why didn't we do that? So maybe we were wrong. So certain skepticism and maybe some dissatisfaction is being aired. But the, again, it's, it is happening uh, in a very limited way. So to, uh, to a small extent, unfortunately. So just the point is to, to come to some, uh, to, to one idea and to rally around the flag. Yeah. Great. So this is for the first time. Then I'm going to go in depth with the question in the second part of the show, seeing how many women are present, what is the gender balance, so to speak, in this political talk shows, uh, what is the racial balance in a sense, are there minorities invited, how is the media landscape in terms of um, diversity of ideas of um people being present there and also diversity in terms of ownership. I will present the situation uh, in Romania, just a short presentation, and then we'll try to compare it with what, what is happening in Russia. Thank you so much, Maria. It was very, very informative. And I think a lot of the viewers uh, should... Uh, analyze it should take this information into account unfortunately there is a language barrier the alphabet is not helping the language is not helping a lot and for most of us it's very difficult to understand what's going on in russia especially since as i told you before uh starting recording we had um, in Romania, but in the western part of the world, dozens, if not hundreds of conferences, academic conferences, meetings, talk shows, discussing Russia without Russians. And I am so happy that uh, you took this opportunity to come and to discuss Russia and to explain what's going on uh, there. Because in these times where things are so tense, I think very rational presented information is is crucial thank you so much yeah thank you for having me and to the viewers if you like what you saw please go to our patreon page patreon.com slash the barricade we have a small community of donors to whom we are very thankful and we rely on your help Thank you for so much for those who decided to donate and to the ones that watched and liked it. It is a way of uh, showing real support for what we're doing. <laughs>